now I remember it. I pulled on my pants and everybody yanked it. Ah, yes. <laughs> Classic. Crunch. Hey, Pete, you finish House Cards? Absolutely not. Did you finish F is for Family? Absolutely not. Did you finish fucking every other goddamn thing Netflix has added in the last three days for some reason? Nope. Sarah Silverman new special. I get a fucking Blood alert on my on phone every too. three fucking seconds. Netflix has now added this. I don't need this shit in my life. It's way too stressful. And I've got time. I've got time to watch shit on Netflix. I don't yet, but I'm going to soon, and I'm still overwhelmed. Like, Because the, there's still more stuff that's coming. Right. They are... Netflix is scaring the is fuck it too out much? Of me. Is it too much? It's uh, it's reaching the point of oversaturation. But right, because like before, Netflix would anytime Netflix added something, it was like appointment television. Yeah, and you were like, oh shit, this thing's out. And now there's points like Bloodline just came out, and that's like been at the top of my list uh, for the past couple of years. Uh, last season wasn't great, but. The fact that it was out for a few days and I didn't know it, yeah, that's crazy. There's there, there's like a significant drop in buzz, yeah, when shows come out on Netflix. Well, it's yeah, it's just because there's so many of them. I uh, started to watch. Have you watched any of uh, of House cards. House cards? Yeah, I watched like three episodes, I think. Oh wow! So I watched an episode and a half, and I basically came to the conclusion that. I don't know what's going on, no matter how many episodes I watch. So, like, why would I watch? I was planning on watching, like, two or three episodes the other night. And I was like, what's the point? I'm going to be in the same place either way. I'm just going to watch one and a half and then, like, do something else. Okay. I mean, that's a fair take. I do think that there's an aspect of that show where nobody knows what the fuck's going on. I think Feilberg said it on Twitter this week where he's just like, I don't have any idea what the fuck is happening on the show. I think... Most people I think Feidelberg did say it, and by Feidelberg, you mean it was your pal DJ. Was it you? Thanks for the cred, man. I like it. That's, you... a, that's a good feeling when someone's like, oh, did you see what somebody, so-and-so said, and it was something that you said, because it means that they held that thing in high esteem, that they're bringing it to you. I thought Feidelberg said it too, but well, either way, that is a correct take. Nobody knows what, what the hell's going on in House of Cards. I always forget uh, who's in the show, too. And for some reason, at the beginning of every season, I forget that everyone in, this, in the show is unbelievably look, unbelievable looking. Yeah. Uh, like, everybody in that show is hot. Like, I... Hot, at least on the women's side. Right. I forgot that Nev Campbell was on the show. Yep. And I texted you guys, uh, oh, shit, forgot about Will... What's his name? Will, Will, Conway. Will Conway's wife. Hot. Awesome. Love her. Love uh, the accent. You know who else is hot? Uh, Kathy Dunbar. It's pretty oh, hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then... The the Jackie, Jackie Sharp saw yeah yeah they're all yeah they're all they're all good man, um, but yeah I texted that and you were like well what don't forget the other girl who was Nev Campbell and then like Nev, Nev Campbell, Campbell is. so yeah, I was going to so it was a text with you me and Jeff and um, we're all usually on the same page about everything. But I was like, this might be where the age gap yeah. comes in. I, I assume that it was an age thing. I yeah, mean, I definitely heard the name Nev Campbell. So have you seen? Scream? Yes, I looked her up to see what, why she's fucking famous. Have you watcher. not watched? Have you not seen Scream? I've seen, I've seen Scream like in passing. Yeah. I don't, I couldn't tell you anything that happens in Scream. It's a really fucking hokey movie. Like I, I saw it again recently, like five years ago, and I was like, oh my god, I was scared of this once. It's like okay. a, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> I, I watched, uh, I watched last summer. I watched, I wa- I know you did last summer. Oh god, I can't even imagine. Uh, 
pretty enjoyable still. Really? Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I was terrified of how of uh, was it? I know what you did last, last summer. summer. Yeah, yeah. It was called How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> how I Met Your Mother last summer. Yeah, um, yeah. I couldn't tell you a goddamn thing about Scream. I could tell you more about the episode of Boy Meets World that was based off of Scream. Uh, could you tell me about Scary Movie? They tell have you everything about scary movie. So I feel like we've refer- we've discussed this on the podcast before. Uh, scary movie makes fun of Scream, and the way they make fun of it is uh, so the cop in Scream is played by David Arquette. His name is Deputy Dewey, and he is the older brother of one of the girls, and <laughs> she's like, oh. Stupid Dewey, he's always coming and ruining our good time when we're trying to drink and smoke pot. So, when uh, Scary Movie makes fun of Deputy Dewey, they said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to make Deputy Dewey retarded and call him Deputy Doofy. And the only joke that exists with Deputy Dewey is that he's a mentally challenged person performing the 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 job of the police officer. So they're like, oh no, someone's uh, running around, like, killing everybody. Deputy Doofy, what are we going to do? And he's like, Duh. It is like... Classic late 90s, early 2000s Exactly. <laughs> like, again, someone's in a room who's like, thought of a joke, guys. <laughs> Make fun of the retarded person. Is it bad that I want to go back and live in that time where it's just like okay to be like, "Hey, I don't really know what to what." Well, the it's joke like going here, on a so roller coaster. Let's just make him retarded, right? So it's like going on a roller coaster where you think you can kind of prepare for like, okay, my my stomach's gonna drop a little here, and then it drops, and then it doesn't an even extra thing. You know that feeling? Yeah. I think that that's what it would be like going into that. Be like, all right, so. There's going to be some like, casual homophobia okay. and racism and everything. And, like, I and don't know why we say it's like casual because yet. it's not casual. It is like the joke is we're going to call that person a gay guy because you're not supposed to be. Yes. <laughs> That's those jokes. So, um, yeah, Nev Campbell was in Scream, she was in Wild Things. I don't know what that is either. Wild Things is a very erotic film. Okay. It stars Matt Dillon. I know him. Yeah, and Denise Richards and Nev Campbell. And Matt Dillon is a teacher. I forget. He's a teacher. And (laughs) there's uh, two students, and they're committing crimes. Okay. But they're also just popping their shirts off and, like, making out in the pool sometimes. So that's what that movie is. That's what the 90s was. Right. But, yeah, Nev Campbell, definite babe at any age. For sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a little behind on the Netflix stuff. Um, Jeff coined the term this week. Uh, instead of Netflix and chill, it's now become Netflix chill. Yes, I I like that. I'm down with that. Yes, so uh, Netflix needs to fucking slow its roll. Uh, we don't have. We're not going to have any like Netflix recaps and reviews because we're just so far behind on it right now. Yeah, and yeah. it just came out so. I know. Um, Instead, this week, uh, on today's episode, we have an interview with Jim O'Hare. A.K.A. Jerry Gergich from Parks and Rec. And he he's awesome. He's a really cool guy. He's, um, he the wants interview to, is awesome. He wants to go there, you know? He wants to... He is not... It's not quite to, to the level of Bob Saget, but kind of to the level of Bob Saget, where it's like, you know me as this wholesome guy, but check this shit out. I say motherfucker a lot. Yeah, he was. Uh, so we literally we had it written down 
uh, in our uh, prep work, we wanted to ask him to say motherfucker as often as possible. And in his first answer, he said motherfucker. And we were like, wow. Just take the wheel. Exactly. Yeah. We were like, so we were going to ask you to do that anyway. But if you want to, if you want to continue to do that, and he did, he told us some crazy stories, told us uh, probably overshared a little bit. Um, but <laughs> so some masturbation. Uh, masturbation humor. Heavy. That actually wasn't humor. It was true life stories. Right. Yeah. Those weren't jokes. Like just like heavy, straight masturbation talk. Uh, so, so we had him on because he is in an upcoming movie called Middleman. Yes. Uh, and we watched it. Yes. We got a nice little pre preview screening. Yeah. And that movie's fucked up. It is so fucked up. It's just like a mega fucked movie. It's a dark comedy, but. It's the definition of a dark comedy. Right. Like, you feel uncomfortable laughing at parts. Yeah. And there's, like, there's one character who, uh, who just his presence in any scene reminds you, like, this is all supposed to be fucked and weird. And there's a lot of murder. There's a lot of blood. He plays a stand-up comedian who, or a, an aspiring stand-up comedian yeah. um, at a relatively old age to be an aspiring stand-up comedian. And he spends most of the movie covered in blood. And for some reason, I, w- I mean, I know what the reason is. He's great in it. The acting's great in it. Um, Gareth from The Walking Dead is in it, as well as Eugene from The Walking Dead. And it's just, it's very well acted. Uh, it's very captivating. I was into it the whole it's way. It's a very enjoyable movie. So, Which makes well, you feel like a psycho. Right. Well, that and, like, I think it was... I benefited from going into it having zero expectations. I mean, this podcast, it's a big part of our lives. Yeah. It's a big part of maybe it's a big part of your life if you're listening. Uh it's not a big part of, of the, the, world. the world. Yeah. So when somebody comes to us and they say, Hey, would you like to have so we gotta ask if we want to yes, have Jim yeah, O'Hare, yeah. which is a big thing for us. Yeah. We love Jim O'Hare. That's yeah. an awesome thing. Uh, and they were like, We'll give you we'll let you screen this movie and talk to him about it. So when that happens, I'm like, how much of a piece of shit must this movie be right. if somebody's like, hey, watch this and talk about it? Right. It's not a piece of shit at all. I would recommend this movie yeah. to anybody. And it wasn't even like, have him on to talk about it. It was just like, he's got this him? movie coming out. Do you want to have him on? So we could have gone in bullshit with him about Parks and Rec. Which we did. Which we did for the vast majority of it. Um and other weird things, but it was legit. It's it's a good fucking movie, and we talked to him about it. Uh, his name is Andrew something. Um, uh, Andrew J. West plays the other star. So uh, Jim O'Hare is the star of this movie, and Andrew J. West, who plays Gareth in The Walking Dead, is his co-star. And I think that guy's an awesome actor. I think that he just fucking crushes it, and Josh McDermott, the guy who plays Eugene, is really good, so... Um, yeah, it was like, we both texted each other and it was, it was both kind of like, you like this, right? Like, yeah, it's, you feel, you feel weird saying you liked it because of how fucked it is, but that's how dark comedies are. I'm like always, I I was telling you this before, I'm always like super hit or miss on dark comedies. It's either like 10 minutes in, I I decide this isn't going to, I'm not going to catch on to this or I'm pretty captivating. And it's also one of those things where it's like you have to be careful who you recommend that to. Because yeah, because they're going to you, think you're a psycho. Yeah, if you recommend you're like, I really enjoyed this movie, and then they watch it, and it's one of the most fucked up th- things that they've seen in a long time, Yeah, their opinion of you is right. changed. Yeah. <laughs> 
But he wants to, and we, we discussed this with him, he wants to do dark, gritty shit like that. That, And he, like, he, Brian Cranston is, like, his inspiration in life. Because, as we discussed with him, it's, it's fucked to say, but Parks and Rec is in syndication, so he doesn't, quote-unquote, need the money. So he can kind of just do whatever he wants. So this is the type of shit that he wants to do, and he just fucking kills it in it. So definitely recommend seeing it. Uh, it opens uh, with a theatrical release at AMC Theaters in New York, L.A., Boston, Atlanta, Seattle, Chica- and Chicago on June 9th. And then after that, it's going to be streaming on Netflix. So whether you can get out to a theater or see it on Netflix, definitely I recommend. recommend it. Um, much like we recommend uh, Joshi. That's another dark comedy that we somehow liked. Yeah, Josh, uh, I c- can't recommend Joshi enough. I know. I told, I, I said to Jeff today, I said, uh, I was, so I was talking to, I talked to Jeff, by the way, every day of my life. Jeff posted the other day on Facebook, uh, like, three years ago, you became friends with DJ. And I found that wild because I legitimately, Jeff is like my fucking beacon of light. <laughs> I, about one thing or another, I either text or G-chat with him every day. I mean, same with you, but we're, we're, we're partners, you right. know? Yeah. Um, Life partners like podcast Exactly. Partners. Like, I, I hit Jeff up either, I mean, 99% of the time, it's in, a, uh, it's in our group text, but, like, also on G-chat and stuff like that. So I can't imagine my life without Jeff. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I just need – that's just my truth, and I needed to say that. But I was – so I was saying to Jeff, like – so Jim O'Hare's in this movie, and Pete and I <laughs> saw it, and I was explaining it to him, and he was like, sounds like Joshy with a lot more blood. And I was like, it kind of is, which is a like good a thing. High, high compliment. Yeah, high compliment. I'm, I'm going to watch Joshy again soon. It sucks because I'm, I'm going to be very into the NBA Finals. Yikes. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of a basketball guy now, um, but obviously the the Stanley Cup final is going on and the NBA finals I think is just going to be fucking great theater. Ugh, god, I sound like such a fucking sports nerd loser. But I, I think the NBA finals are going to be awesome. So I actually and I've I've got a lot of concerts coming up over the next couple of weeks, so I do think I won't have a lot of time to do like all this Netflix shit and get back into seeing Joshy, but I think I think that it's going to be one of those things where on Sunday I'm going to be like, "Huh, how did I watch Joshi twice this weekend? <laughs> I would be jealous. Uh, we should just jump into the interview. Yeah, well, interview. let's do our songs quick, and then you want to do, do that the interview? first? Okay, yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, uh, so I am adding, uh, and if you saw on the Instagram live that we did on Thursday night, we're going to take the songs off like we usually do, but we're just going to no, mention that on Twitter okay. versus doing it on the show we're just gonna do kind of boom 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 with the ads and so because we always when we do our ads and we do our drops we get into some sort of conversation so we're basically uh cutting those side conversations in half so if you want to see what we drop go to the instagram it's listen to brunch um you'll see what songs that we drop and uh you'll also we'll we'll throw in what songs we add to yeah um so i am going to add Forever Young by Lil Yachty featuring Diplo. I tweeted today that I was going to be adding this because that song is fucking awesome. And Diplo can do anything with anyone. Diplo fucking rules. I kind of regret not seeing more of Major Lazer. I don't really, though, because, like, whatever. It's not... I feel like seeing, like, an EDM performance isn't 
as crazy as other right. shit. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong, but I just wanted to observe Diplo and support him because although it's he seems like he's probably a huge douche. Oh yeah, I uh, I much appreciate his work. Uh, and Lil Yachty's dumbass could stand to have a really good, fun, radio-friendly hit. Wasn't it Diplo who had the uh, the Lollapalooza after party where it was only females invited? Yes, that's right. And we want to go. We yeah. were like, because we we went to we went to the Moo after party. We didn't go to any other ones, right? Yeah, yeah. We just went to Moo, and we went to fucking Moo the day that we flew in, like idiots. Big Cat always makes fun of Diplo for like bragging about how much sex he has, and then he, oh. he ended up throwing an all-female after-party at Lollapalooza, so hard for the course. Fucking Diplo. But, goddamn, if he doesn't make beautiful music. So that's a good song. Check that out. Um, We were talking about Matchbox 20 on the Instagram Live, so check this out. I'm going to add Real World by Matchbox 20. And then for my third ad, I'm going to add Bright Lights by Matchbox 20. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Two Matchbox. Dope. I'm adding a Matchbox 20 nice. song too. So that was the goal to add a shitload of Matchbox 20. That just came came uh, randomly. Pretty through, organically. Yeah. Through the, uh, the Instagram live. Uh, I'm going to add Push by Matchbox 20. It's their first hit. Yep. I love it. Uh, I'm also going to add uh, Summer Breeze by DJ Quick. Okay. Great summer song. Okay. Awesome. Uh, great for barbecues and stuff like that. Uh, and then finally, I'm going to add. White Houses by Vanessa Carlton. It's a good song. It's an amazing song. You know what it is? It's the best song ever written about losing your virginity um, in a the backseat of a car and with like leather and a bunch of your friends in, in a White House. There's a lot of contenders there. There's a lot of contenders yes, there. Exactly. I would say Serpentine Fire by Earth, Wind, and Fire, a candidate there. September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Also, yeah. After the Love is Gone. Yeah. There's I think White Houses is, is obviously everybody knows Vanessa Carlton for uh, a thousand, thousand miles. miles. I think White House is the better song. I don't know if that's a hot take or not. I think no, I think it song. is. I think that when it's, that song comes in, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. Oh, that's the best song. Uh, you didn't need to chain smoke with me that song, but I appreciate you doing <laughs> it to me. Um, yeah, I, I think that. A thousand miles is it kind of disqualifies itself because it's it's just been overplayed. so everywhere overexposed. Like, yeah, so it's the thing like overplayed isn't even right. Like overexposed, overexposed is yeah. the is the better way to put it. It's like it doesn't even count as a song anymore. Right. So, but it is. I feel like it's a it's a good song. It's yeah. I just. I feel like it might be the better one, but it's I can't give it any sort of grade because like all you think of is how hokey it is. But it's like, did it start off that hokey, or is, was it in a million fucking diamond commercials? <laughs> uh, anyway, here's Jim O'Hare. Jim O'Hare, you just won an Emmy. Congratulations! Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. That was uh, quite the surprise, to say the least. What was it like realizing that Parks and Rec had been holding you back? Uh, you know, for seven years, I thought, okay, I'll hang on to this nightmare, you know, with all those motherfuckers, uh, the no talent, you know, the Pratt's and the Offermans and the Polars. Oh my God, just a bunch of no talent motherfuckers. And finally, on my own, I went out and I showed them how to fucking do it. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so yeah, for the purposes of this conversation, I'm joking, everybody. For those <laughs> no, who don't no, know, no, 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 you're not. We no, have editing power, so that's this, that's not going to make it. Uh, for the purposes of this conversation, <laughs> definitely refer to everybody as those motherfuckers. 
Yeah, well, those motherfuckers at Parks, those motherfucker producers, motherfucker directors, yeah, Did that's you s- all motherfuckers. Well, the the motherfucker Aziz, uh, he had Master of None season two. It's, is it good to see the the other motherfuckers kind of uh, still striving to kind of get to to your Emmy level? Yeah, I mean, those motherfuckers are trying. I give them a lot of pro- I give them a lot of props. I mean, hey, motherfuckers, do what you can. But you're not there yet, you know what I'm saying? Chris, Chris, this motherfucker Chris Pratt, what has he got? Like, I don't know, three or four franchises? Yeah. But you know what he doesn't have? A motherfucking Emmy. Right. Well, it's like, go on another diet. Real cool, man. Like, <laughs> like exactly. uh, Oh, uh, look at I got in great shape. Yeah. Look at me. I got a hot wife and a beautiful son. Ooh, look at me. Hey, you know what? I got an Emmy. Yeah. Shove that up a motherfucker's ass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I was going to get to this a little, li- <laughs> little bit later, but uh, since we're already here... Uh, you were such a lovable punching bag in Parks and Rec. Uh, so with that in mind, we wanted to give you the floor and let you lay into anybody else on the cast that you want and kind of get your revenge uh, and just kind of let you throw the punches this time around. Okay, as their characters? Uh, anybody. Like, anybody. If, like if the Aubrey Plaza is a deeply bad person, <laughs> then just, you know, do do what you got to do. Yeah, here's, here's the problem with this, this scenario, though. And I say this with, like, Sadly, all honesty, they're awesome. <laughs> like the greatest people, we had the most amazing seven years together. That we still we we have not worked together for two years. We are still texting constantly. It's called the Parks Fan Text, and it's constant. So I I can you know happily make some shit up. Now I could say to Leslie Nope, hey, bring it down, bitch. Jerry's got some ideas too. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Now that I could say. Jerry could didn't say have ideas, to, though. Uh, Jerry, Jerry just, like, wanted to get in and get out, and he couldn't escape the beating that he definitely didn't ask for, that they just decided he was going to get anyway. And didn't deserve. Let's throw that in there, too. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, no, nobody would actually treat a coworker <laughs> that way, especially <laughs> one who's never done anything. Me- like, you're never insensitive to any of them. Uh, you're, never, you're never mean to any of them. You mentioned, though, just how good a run you guys had. I mean, we would say this to any guest. We would say, like, oh, your show was so good for so long. But legitimately, it's not a lie to say Parks and Rec never got bad. And that sounds like, oh, well, like, thanks a lot, That's asshole. But, like, legitimately, smoke. like, there was not... A part there, you, there's if it's so it's in syndication. Obviously, if you see it on a plane or whatever, there's never a oh, it's this part of the series. Like, did did yeah. it ever feel like you guys were something, or was there kind of that knowledge of like fuck, we're kind of batting a thousand? Well, here's how here's what it came down to, in my uh, most humble opinion. Our co-creator was Mike Shore. It was created by Mike Shore and Greg Daniels. Mm. Mike never left us. What happens with a lot of shows once they become popular? The, the creator or, you know, showrunner, executive producer, they get a million offers from the different networks, give me this, give me that, and they leave. They just take off, uh, you know, because now they have other opportunities. Mike never left us, so we never lost his voice. And I say this with all honesty. We would do table reads on normally Wednesday, could be Thursday, and for seven years I would leave that table read, that table read going, Son of a bitch, they've done it again. Because I've been on shows. They ebb and flow. You know what I mean? You can have strong episodes. You can have weaker episodes. I feel, yeah, and in, in, in Park's case, that happened. I mean, there's certainly episodes that are stronger than others. But I really feel, and I, I say this because I didn't write it, so I take no credit for this. I feel in our weakest episode is a pretty strong episode. Um, and it's because Mike never left us, and the writing team, 
pretty much stayed the same. So they knew our voices as they got to know us. They, you know, what our strengths or weaknesses were. You know, Jerry had a huge penis. You know, one of the writers happened to see it in the in the uh, restroom one day. You know, True that, to life. That just, Love it. They get the beautiful wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I agree with you. I do think it got stronger every season. Um, I'm sure people would. Some people would argue that I I, I couldn't be prouder of the product that came out every single week. We were blown away every week. And, you know, on Wednesday, there'd be the occasional time I'd, I'd say to someone, oh, I don't know about this storyline or whatever. And by the time it was fixed, it was brilliant. Uh, you know, just because they knew what worked and what didn't work. Um, so we were just blessed that Mike never left us, and he stayed at the helm. And uh, till the very last episode, Mike Shore was our showrunner. It also didn't take long for, like, so like you were a supporting character. It didn't take long for the show a to kind of figure out what it was itself like in in the beginning obviously there were the strong uh similarities to the office but they figured out leslie right away and they it really didn't take them long to figure out all the supporting characters uh either so like once it got to the um what was it the, the practice date episode where jerry's where they they blow up jerry's spot every which way like it was there kind of a sense of like that didn't take very long for them to really figure out what this character is going to be. Yeah, and they they'll tell you they didn't know what the hell Jerry was going to be. I auditioned for Nick Offerman's role. That's right. I auditioned for Ron Swanson, as did most of them, uh, most of L.A. at that point. Um, and so Jerry wasn't even in their minds at that point. So and, and it's always so funny because I think can you imagine anyone other than Nick Offerman playing Ron Swanson? I mean, he's brilliant and. You know, and as much as we were teasing about Emmys earlier, the fact that Ron Swanson never, you know, Nick Offerman playing Ron Swanson never was even nominated has never made any sense to me. That character was not on television. We haven't seen a character like that on television, and we certainly haven't seen it portrayed like that on television in many, many, many years. So I'll never understand that. Uh, but hey, motherfucker, Nick, I, I got to uh, I mean, you don't. It's very humble of you, scoreboard. The guy fucking lost. You know, you you, you take your L's exactly. and you, you learn Bob, from it. Bob. Right. He, he's written his book. <laughs> no, he's so, done so his so tours. He's working his way back exist. up. Wait, what? I'm sorry. We cut I, each other off. I, I said he's written his book. He's doing his tours. He's trying to pick up the pieces. Give him credit where credit's due. But he lost. <laughs> Absolutely, he lost. And you know what? I, I this I shouldn't I shouldn't reveal this, but. Every Wednesday, I throw Nick and, and uh, Chris Pratt twenty bucks to do my lawn because I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Don't life will get better. Just stick around. You know, I'm so afraid they're going to off themselves or something because of mm. what the terrible careers they've had since Parks. So I do what I can for him. You know what I'm saying? Here, here's a twenty. Get a Chipotle. Get a nice lunch. <laughs> what was your Ron like when you auditioned for him? People ask me that. I really wish, and it must be out there, because I'm pretty sure there was a camera in the room. I would like to see it myself. Um, it was stern. I remember it being stern. Uh, I don't remember much about it. Um, I was really, I remember being very nervous, because I knew Greg Daniels was going to be in the room, as well as Mike Shaw. I didn't know Mike at the time, but Greg had you know, created the office. and it, my, my whole thing, and I always, if there's any young actors listening to this, my, my whole bit has always been, I tell people, because I live by this, be prepared. Never walk into an audition unprepared because you don't know who's going to be in there. You don't know what they're looking for. You don't know what they're going to be shooting next week, next month, next year. So in this case, it's a perfect example. I went in for a role I never stood a chance at. Nick Offerman was Ron Swanson, and as he should have been. But they saw me do whatever I do. I came in prepared. I, I did something that caught their attention. Uh, next thing you know, I'm Jerry. So 
um, it's just really important to do that. But yeah, as far as my actual audition for Ron, it must be out there somewhere. But um, I just remember being stern. Since you, since they gave you a role based off of just liking you as a person, how similar are you to Jerry's character? Other than the penis, yeah. Uh, as far as Jerry's character, there's good and bad. I, I like to think I'm a decent person. Um, you know, as much as I joke about these motherfuckers, no, I like to think I'm a decent person. I, I, I try to be kind. I screw up, but I do try. That being said, uh, I love filthy humor. I love busting balls. I love having my balls busted. Uh, you know, my guess is Jerry wouldn't know anything about porn. I could write the book on it. Uh, oh, you know, so we ha- we definitely have our differences. My guess, if, if I had to guess, and of course, I don't know for sure, Jerry met, you know, Gail, played by uh, Christy Brinkley. That's the one and only woman Jerry's ever been with. I would pretty much say that's a fact. Well, that uh, should, he Jim shouldn't O'Hare fuck can't that up, say then. that so much. What's that? I said, well, he shouldn't fuck that up. If he, if he can say that, that the only type of woman he sleeps with is the quality of Christy Brinkley, he should absolutely exactly. keep it that way. <laughs> what was uh, I was yeah, going to ask that anyway. Got... What, what was your reaction when they cast Christy Brinkley as your wife? Well, yeah, I was just going to tell you, the crazy shit about that was a couple things. One, um, they were so shitty to Jerry. Mike said, we've got to give him something good, or why isn't he killing himself? So they decided... He's going to have an amazing home life with, you know, women who adore him and beautiful daughters, blah, blah, blah. So they said they were pitching, you know, it, the other thing about Parks was we could all pitch ideas for guest stars and ideas. I mean, it was just this warm, welcoming, every idea, you know, meant something to somebody. It was, it was just a great place to be. But someone said, we're going to get a Christy Brinkley type. You know, and then when you do stuff like that, you always pitch out to that person, never thinking they're going to go on board. And Christy will tell the story. She got the call. She had never heard of Parks and Recreation. She mentions it to her daughter, Sailor. She said, they want me to play someone's wife on this Parks show. And she goes, Parks and Recreation? And Christy goes, yeah. And she goes, Jerry Gergich's wife? <laughs> and she said, yes. Mom, you got to do it. So that's how she got on board. But the crazy part is, and I don't think I revealed this to Christy, even though she's very open and I probably could have. You know, she was Spank Bank in my day. <laughs> wow, okay. I mean, that's... Well, that's I'm just saying, you may you not know, be alone. The poster. Yeah. yeah, I don't think What's you're the that? only person. I said you boat. may not be alone there. Of course not. She had, the, she had the bathing suit poster, the red bathing suit poster. She was, and you know, she was the first not uh, super crazy skinny model. You know what I mean? She was the, like, healthy girl model, like gorgeous, but not, you know, because some of them, like the Twiggy, I don't know, you guys are probably too damn young for that, but, you know, really super tiny, tiny. And she was, I thought, like the first regular woman kind of model. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's weird. All of a sudden, here is this one who, you know, has brought me pleasure over the years in a number of ways, and now she's playing my wife. How, what's, what's going through your mind there when you meet a celebrity who, I mean, if you meet a celebrity that you're like, oh, I always wanted to act like you, I always wanted to do this and everything, but, like, it's the first probably 10 minutes that you're talking to them, you probably can't hear a thing because you're thinking, like, don't blurt out I've masturbated to you. <laughs> uh, well, no. The, the first and then once you, you blurt it, it out, then you them. move on. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's what I should do. Because she, I tell you, she has a great sense of humor. No one tells a story like Christy Brinkley. Um, I always say Rob Lowe is a great storyteller, and he's been around and knows everybody. He's got to be good at something. So. Even he, you could just see him sitting there listening to Christy's stories like, holy shit. Uh, no, you know, it, it, it's like when you're on a first date. 
you, you watch where your eyes go because <laughs> you don't want her seeing you checking out her chest or whatever. So, yeah, I, I, I watched my P's and Q's, and I just kept it all together. Proud of you. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> better that, man than me. You're, you're very strong for volunteering <laughs> that information. Um, well, actually, most people are better men than you. Yeah, that's oh, true. Yes. That's very true. Um, yeah, I've done some research, and really, <laughs> most people are better. Yeah. Yes. Um, what? W- actually, we don't like to use the M word. We're, we're sometimes we're guys. We're definitely not men. We're boys. We're boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what was your favorite uh, joke at the expense of Jerry? Because for as throwaway as it is, one of my favorite moments in the series history is when Donna says. Um, you guys won't believe what I found on Jerry's Facebook, and April says, a friend, burn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's hurtful. That bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, that, well, actually, one of, the, one of the, and I don't know if it's because it's what changed the trajectory of Jerry, who Jerry was in the office, and Jim O'Hare as an actor on the show, but the Louis C.K. episode where we were finding out shit on each other, um, and, and at the time, uh, Paul Schneider was on the show playing Mark Brandanowitz, and I didn't want to play, you know, Jerry didn't want to play this game because it seemed hurtful, you could find out dirt on people. And so I find out he has two unpaid parking tickets, you know, big deal. <laughs> yeah. But I say to him, oh, yeah, I hear someone has two unpaid parking tickets. And he's like, oh, really, uh, did you know your adoptive mother smokes pot? <laughs> and it just floored me, and he's looking at me, and he goes, you didn't know she smoked pot? And I go, I didn't know I was adopted. And that's when they realized that's who Jerry is. He's the guy who's just not fully aware of everything going on around him. We were... And so I love that bit because it, it solidified me. Dan Gore wrote that, who's now the co-creator and executive producer on uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. That was his bit. And I always he called me last year and said, would you come in and do a couple of Nine-Nines for us? And I said, dude, I will do anything for you. You, <laughs> you change Jerry's role on Parks and Recreation, so I'll be forever grateful. Yeah, we, we were talking before recording this, and Pete was saying, like, that's, that's Brandanowitz's, one of his, if not the biggest contribution he made, is that, like, he opened the floodgates for Jerry. Exactly. And it got to the point where Mike will tell you, they had, he had to say, say to the writers, we've got to, because everybody just kept writing Jerry jokes after that. Once the floodgate <laughs> opened... It was like the go-to bit where Mike's like, okay, we got other shit to write here, too. It can't all be Jerry jokes. Because, you know, what's more fun than writing that kind of stuff? Yeah. What, uh, what makes shows like Parks and Rec, and this always happened to me with 30 Rock, if they say a line or there's like a punchline or a joke or something that out of context sounds stupid, but in context is the funniest fucking thing in the world, I feel that's the mark of something <laughs> great. And there's the, the storyline with Jerry where he has a fart attack. And if someone's right. like, oh, man, you got to see the fart attack scene, generally I'd be like, that sounds dumb as fuck. I hate you. I'm not watching whatever that show is. But in the sort yeah, of world like that moronic. they've... Exactly. Yeah. Like, really sophomoric. And, like, I'm, I'm okay with sophomoric, but it's got to be good. And in right. the world of Parks and Rec, Jerry having a fart attack and them realizing you've had a fart attack is maybe the funniest thing I've seen in my life. <laughs> and then Aziz, his character Tom just begging for a doctor to say he had a fart attack. Because the doctor's like, well, he had a minor uh, infraction or something, something of the heart or whatever. And, and they, you know, they do the cutaway to Tommy goes, I just want someone to say he had a fart attack. <laughs> and when he comes out and says it smells like a, a dinosaur farted, I mean, it, it, there was just some classic lines. 
Uh, uh, you had like a like a half a dozen names over the course of the series. Uh, was there yeah. any point in time where scenes were screwed up because your name was mixed up uh, at like the point in time? This is a Terry episode, yes. and they say they say Gary. Oh, guys, constant that happened constantly. Uh, Leslie, uh, Leslie, Amy would go. Who are you today? Because it was at one point I had three names within a very short period of right. time. Yes, like it went from Jerry to Gary, and then the next three were like boom, boom, boom. So no, and you just have to stop. We'd all laugh and move on to the next one. And the the reason for it was uh, Mike said he wanted to do something that will make Jeopardy one day. Like oh. where will be a question? What series regular had five different names over the course of the series? That's pretty. Who good. is Jerry Gergich? That's really Jerry, Larry, crazy. Terry, Barry, Gary. So when people notice you on the street from Parks and Rec, what's the split of names? Like what percentage know you as or recognize you as as Jerry, as as Gary, and and so on? Yeah. It, first of all, it, it's so weird. The recognition factor I thought by this point would have calmed down, but. Because of Netflix exactly. and Hulu, yeah. and we're on, I think, two, two or three different channels. Yelling syndication, boy. <laughs> Dude, every quarter, ching, ching. <laughs> uh, I love that. That's my line. I'm like, hey, babe, I got syndication money. <laughs> um, no, but I, I so, I, I, you know, the names are so, so crazy, but I thought we would, you know, we would have died down by now, but because of Netflix and all this, we are more popular than, well, certainly than we were on the air. So, it's constant, damn it, Jerry's. Uh, <laughs> people love coming up saying all of the names to show to me that they know all of them. Uh, I would say Jerry is still the most popular. It's the one I like the most, even though I know legally Jerry's right. name was Gary. Uh, I kind of like Jerry just because it's, it's how it started. Uh, but, yeah, I hear I, – I had a guy pull up on the side of the street once and go, thanks, Jerry, for ruining the Harvest Festival, and then just oh. pulled away. <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. That's a great move. Oh, man. Uh, So it's interesting that you tell the story of why he had so many names. Because I was going to say, especially in the run, as as the series progressed, where they would change it so frequently, I was wondering why at some point there wasn't a sense of, like, is this joke really worth doing (laughs) if it's, like, fucking us up? Like, do we really need to be this committed to the joke? Can we just call him, like... Jerry for a full season and just let this happen, but that's an awesome reason to do it. And that's why, he did, and, and believe me, some people hated it. Some, and even some of the cast members, like I don't know if I'm into this bit. I it worked for me. Um, I thought it was funny, and then especially when I heard like their goal, I thought that was funny. Um, so yeah, for me it worked, and I it was always fun because you know the one who would change my name a lot was Aubrey. You know, who, you know, who played uh, April, and you know her character was just so, you know, uh, snarky <laughs> and, and dark. Yeah. You know, so uh, and let's never and let's also never ever forget, Jim O'Hare got to make out yes. with Aubrey Plaza mm. on the Seth Meyers show when we wrapped up. How was that? Nice. Boys, go to YouTube. It <laughs> and believe me, it no, I saw it, but how was it? <laughs> it was. You know what? I felt bad. I kind of ruined her for anyone else after that. She got a taste of O'Hare, and that's it's a curse. What was it's a it blessing, like? A curse. What was it like a couple of days later uh, when you were talking to her and you were thinking, "Don't tell this this woman that I masturbated to her." <laughs> <laughs> yes, it all came full circle. Callback humor, bitch. <laughs> um, hey, comedies in threes and callbacks. Everyone knows it. 
Yep. Um, so I'm actually somewhat friendly with Retta. Ever heard of her? Who played Donna on the show? And, Retta, uh, I just had lunch with Retta the other day. She's uh, my girl. She's the sweetest. Um, and I was really excited when we got you on the show. So I shot her a text and asked her what her favorite Jim O'Hare story was. Let's see if you can guess what she said. Okay, but story about us or story about the show or yeah, what? Yeah, like, like what do you think her favorite Jim O'Hare like, moment is? Like around the set... Around this, because I know in life, she will tell you and I will tell you, our greatest times were hanging in each other's trailers just bullshitting about stuff, because we did it every day. Um, boy, on set, is it, was it me being made fun of, like that type of thing? Uh, no, it was like, it was kind of zany. Hmm. I don't know. All sorts of shit went on. Hmm. Give me a hint. Um, the hint was. It you'll, you'll never also guess it. involved uh, another member of the cast. Other members of the cast is a good way to put it. Damn, well, my God, that could be anything. Mm, really could be. I'm sorry, boys, I'm coming a blank. All right, well, so she didn't respond to my text, so we, we were seeing if we could just get you to volunteer a fun story. Uh, I'm kind of pissed that she didn't respond to me. You son of a bitch. So there was none. <laughs> no. Well, so that sucks if she oh, doesn't. Oh, wait, no. Now I remember it. Now I remember it. I pulled on my pants and everybody yanked it. Ah, yes. <laughs> Classic. Well, we're still That's for the what the story was. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about uh, the new project that you have coming up, Middleman. Yes. We watched yeah. it. Uh, it's You had to change up. the brightness on that TV up. because <laughs> that shit is dark. It is very, very fucked up, but uh, we highly, highly enjoyed it. Uh, is this the most fucked up project that you've ever done? Yeah, by far. Uh, other than this I, podcast, I, right? Well, you can't say that anymore. The other than this, this which I'm going to, you know, fire my publicist after we hang up. But uh, <laughs> no, yeah, it, it is by far the darkest. I felt the timing was perfect, though. You know, you play Jerry, a character for seven years, who's this laughable, lovable slub. Uh, you know, Hollywood labels you, you know, and you don't want that. So you want to go, listen, I can also do some other shit. So. I thought the timing was right. The character, um, it kind of begins a little bit like Jerry. He's just a sweet, nice guy. And then, as you know, some crazy shit goes down and all, you know, all bets are off. So uh, it was great to get to do it. It is more in my typical wheelhouse. I love a dark comedy more than a happy-go-lucky film any day of the week. I love a Fargo, um, you know, that kind of Breaking Bad, those kind of shows. So... I, it was perfect for me. Ned Crowley wrote and directed it, um, who is, uh, we've been friends for over 30 years. We wanted to do this project years ago, but nobody gave a shit about either one of us. And then luckily, because of Parks, you know, I got some heat going, and they said, if you can get O'Hare attached, we'll do it, the producers. And next thing you know, we're making this fucking movie together, and uh, we're really proud of it. We got actors, uh, two of the actors are from Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. McDermott yeah. plays uh, TJ and then um, Andrew West, uh, who plays Hitch in the film, and they are amazing. I mean, An- you saw it. I, I Andrew West, I think, is like an character. awesome fucking actor. No, and that, that's not to that's Dude, not to be a I, shot I at Josh McDermott, but like he's like uh, in the things I've seen him, I always remark like he's really good. So I saw, so I was watching the movie, and I was like, I've fucking seen this guy before, and he's awesome. I can't remember. Yeah. Like, he was can't remember what he was Walking from. Dead. He was great in The Walking Dead. I looked it up. I was like. That's right. Yeah. This guy is fucking awesome. He's the real deal. 
and he he did a couple things. One, he made me up my game because when you're with someone who's so good, yeah, uh, either you're going to step up or you're going to look like a you know big asshole. So that part was good. But um, the, the thing that has been bothering me a little, and I have no control over it, but. You know, the reviews are coming out, and thankfully they've been, you know, great, and we've won a bunch of awards and stuff, which is all great. They're huge. Uh, I don't think Andy's gotten the credit he deserves hmm. because, you know, my fat head is on the screen for, you know, other than three scenes, it's my fat head. So um, <laughs> I, I'm a little disappointed in that because I really feel if this were a mainstream film, he would get an award for what he does in this film. I mean, he's brilliant in this film. And I wish there'd be more recognition for that type of thing. Well, our takeaway was that he was fucking awesome. I yeah. mean, you both were, but like we, we were like we yeah. we saw that, and we were like we need to get Jim O'Hare to talk about <laughs> this other guy in the movie. That's what you were. I'm just kidding. You you were really you were really good, and I mean, I I think the the genre definitely suited you well, which is odd because obviously you're you're best known for another thing. You said you're a fan of Breaking Bad. Um, you did. You were on Malcolm Middle, right? Yeah, a yeah, lot of so, years ago, sure. So, like, what's it like, kind of crossing into? And I, I know that you, you've probably other, you've probably done other uh, less light stuff before. But what's it like crossing over from such a light, uh, like, lovable character as Brian Cranston did with Hal, and like you did with Jerry, to now you're covered in blood for an entire movie? Yeah, it was. Such, it was scary. Number one, uh, a character like Jerry, uh, even like Hal from you know, uh, on Malcolm in the Middle, you know, I can do a Jerry in my sleep. Uh, I know Brian can do a Hal in his sleep. These are you know, we're we're naturally funny. We're naturally this. We're naturally that. Blah blah blah. Brian has always been one of my go-to's when I describe what I want to have happen. Like because you know you get labeled. Like Brian went from. Nothing in the middle, middle being a silly father, you know, a crazy dad, funny, but silly sitcom, mm. to this brilliant performance on Breaking Bad. So he's always been, for me, an inspiration. So the, the difference is, though, when you do a role like Lenny on Middleman, for me, it's a lot more work. You know, there's a lot more thought going into what you're doing. Every scene is different. And I play a character who, you know, throughout the film ends up having a mental breakdown, basically. And it's, you've got to layer that. You've got to know where you need to be because you can't do it too soon. You can't do it too late because then it, it gives away too much or gives, you know, all that kind of bullshit. So, uh, you know, actor crap. But so it's awesome to, to get to be able to do that. And everybody that has seen it so far, you know, they're just like, we just didn't know you had it in you. And again, it's nice to hear, like, because that means they liked it. But you also want to go, Dude, I'm an actor. We got all sorts of stuff in us, you know. So, but but it's 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 great to get to play that type of role. So if so, say you're given two options, you can be on another seven year run of a show. You can choose another sitcom on a major network or an AMC kind of dark, off the beaten path type of thing. You would rather do the latter. Okay, here's the thing. That's a great question, uh, which shocks me coming from you guys. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. Uh, no, seriously, great question. Here's, and I'm, this is where being fortunate comes into this. I've, I was on a show. Uh, it lasted a lot of years. When syndication, money still comes in from that. So I could choose 
what I wanted, and I would choose the darker, less episodes of the darker uh, project. I just would. You know, now, if I had three kids under 10 and, you know, didn't know how I was paying the mortgage next month, then give me the primetime network show because there's going to be more money, more chance for a longer run, more syndication. But now at the point in my life, it's a no-brainer. I would do the dark show in a heartbeat. That's fucking awesome to be in. It's so weird because it makes it sound like, oh, it's all about money or whatever. But syndication is such a fucking game changer, huh? Dude, and it's not about money. I mean, people, it's not supposed to be about money, but we all have to live. No, but like, right, you know it, I mean? it, it totally changes like what your priorities well, like you have to be. Freedom like, yeah, to do the things that you want yeah, to do. Yeah, it seriously puts you in that mind space of like, what's the best artistic thing, which, I mean, everyone wants to do the most artistic thing, but not everyone can. Right. And I, I don't fault anybody for whatever choice they have to make. There's people doing projects that I'm like, oh, that seems odd that they're doing that. I don't know what their deal is. I don't know what they're helping family. You know, people have all sorts of stuff they do in their lives. Um, and, and believe me, the syndication money, it's not like millions of dollars, but it's lovely. Every three months you get checks, you know, and it's, it's lovely. And between that and then having worked for seven years on the show where they, you know, pay you a nice little check every week, uh, yeah, it's a game changer. And you're right, it shouldn't be about money, but many times it has to be. Uh, you know, I'm a... I'm a guy who, you know, family's important, and if I had family in trouble and needed money and I didn't have it, I would do what it'd take to get it for him. All right, well, this has been a pleasure. I mean, who hasn't given blowjobs in Santa Monica for extra beer money? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. We, we didn't have equipment to start this podcast, and, you know, we went to Santa Monica, and a couple of weeks later, hey, here we are. I remember. And by the way, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry I gave you that bogus 20, but it was still appreciated. I, it was I, like, I, you know, it, it was like, it was a growing moment for both of us. We were like, he got us, you know? Like, it, was, it was kind of yeah, funny. Yeah, exactly. But, but, you, but what you got was Emmy winner Trump down right. your throat. That's right. We got all 14 in. So thank you so me. much Everybody for making us swallow. It was, thank you so much. Um, all right, so <laughs> we, we know that you've got a very busy masturbation schedule, so we'll get let you get to that. Uh, Jim O'Hare, thank you so much for talking to us. Thanks. I'm sorry I was so vexed. You guys are awesome. Yeah, so Middleman, it's in AMC Theaters, New York, L.A., Boston, Atlanta, Seattle, and Chicago on June 9th, so go check that out. Seriously. A fucked and good movie, and especially now for you guys having heard Jim O'Hare with kind of his aspirations, I would be intrigued as fuck to now see him be in a movie where he's covered in blood the whole time. So I'm all in on that motherfucker. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Jim O'Hare guy. Um, although I, I am kind of mad at Retta that she didn't get back to me, but that was a fun little thing when he was. We kind of had him squirming a little bit trying to figure out right. who uh, who who what she said. Well, now we get to play a fun little game where. We get to tell Retta that she got cucked by Jim O'Hare. That's true. On the podcast first. That's true. Um, so uh, what's hot with uh, the, the, this cool coffee stuff, man? So, is, I mean, everybody knows what it is by now. I mean, Trump fucked up a tweet at midnight on one night this week. Yeah. What the fuck? Has any meme died as quickly as that one did? So I was my only take on you were like we have to talk about the Kofefe thing and like we were both just disapp- like we know it's we have to talk about it but neither of us wanted to. My only take on it is it was hilarious for one hour but I think I was asleep during that hour. 
I, I so was, I, I I was woke, awake during that hour. It wasn't hilarious. I woke it was up never funny. You sent me a thing because oh, you and I have. This is kind of stupid. You and I have gotten into the like three to five year old thing of, and we're big into this. Like we got back into the gallon smashing and everything. Yeah. We like getting into old memes. Um, the uh, all star by Smash Mouth, except. Blank, yeah. you know, like except right. every word is somebody, or like except, and it's only one person on the. It's basically one person yeah. on the internet that does them all. I sent you one that was uh, Mr. Brightside, except <laughs> it gets faster every time he uses a pronoun. Like who the? <laughs> Why like, would anybody make, waste their time to do that? I love shit like that though. Just like I laugh more at the titles than it's kind of like an onion thing. Right. Uh, like you laugh more at the headline. And the idea, then you actually laugh at the execution of it. But yeah, the coffee thing, um, it's I'm also kind of troubled by it because that's not the issue with Trump. <laughs> no, definitely not. It's him trying to destroy the planet Earth. Yeah, like so he's, that's probably more important. Yeah, this week he was also like, yeah, no, Earth, we don't want that. And we're like, oh, yeah, spill much? Da, da, da. <laughs> Classic 90s move. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, but. I was awake. There was like a, f- so the tweet itself was funny, and the people making fun of the tweet was yeah. funny. But as soon as like Kofi v thing became a thing yeah. that people were running into the ground and trying to yeah. be super funny with it, yeah, it died really fast. I liked. I did laugh at the uh, the coffee v- the the strong. <laughs> this what it was coffee v- the strong. I don't think so. Don't he tweeted that, and somebody responded. By the way. Again, this is like the definition of this podcast. We're like, you know, it's fucking stupid. And then a minute later, <laughs> we're each, like crying, laughing, it. like talking about how fucking not stupid and how much we love it. Uh, so Trump tweeted that thing and Kofi uh, the Strong responded. And it was like that that was the name of the account. And it was like a fucking wizard or something. <laughs> and it responded like, I have been summoned. And then uh, like... Uh, King Coffee uh, respond to that and was like, "Silence, fool! It is I." And Jesus like they Christ. went back. <laughs> it was so. It yeah, was really, take, that was really funny. Our takeaway is fuck that meme. Yeah, uh, it was a bad meme, but fuck if we don't love it. Uh, I have a takeaway that I came came away with this week as well. Um, a thing that happened to me a couple times uh, a few days ago was somebody added me on Instagram and like liked all my pictures immediately oh that happens all the time yeah Yeah. right um i've decided that that move is the female version of sending an unsolicited dick pic i do not think it is because it does not involve a person receiving a dick pic that they didn't want (laughs) true but someone liking all your shit doesn't that in no way like violates anything it's weird it's frowned upon like dick pics aren't frowned upon like they they are in the in the wrong setting they are very not okay right i mean it's it's harassment uh basically but in the sense that it's a basically it's a hey i like you here's a call for attention notice me whether or not this comes off as super weird and creepy or not. Oh, no, I don't think so. I don't think that there's any expectation. Like, if somebody... You don't think it's like a call for, like a call for attention when somebody follows you on an Instagram and likes all of your pictures all in a row? No. 
Really? I, th- I think that it means that like they're like they like your shit or whatever, but I don't think it's like uh like all right, now now your move is to like reach out to them or whatever. I think that's that's what the like they want you to Well, that's what they're reach. hoping because right. they're they like a, they're them. stalking you. Right. They want you to notice them. They want you to even like acknowledge their weird move. Yeah, but I don't think there's an expectation that you're going going to. I don't think there's an expectation when you send a dick pic either. It's just a fucking weird move by a weird person. Yeah, I think that we're doing different uh, levels of weird, though. Like, a dick pic is times a bajillion. I agree with you, but that's because men are gross and, like, very like, more I, like, aggressive I've than had... women. That's why I'm saying it's the female version of sending an unsolicited dick pic. I'm not equating them, Yeah, but, but... I'm saying that's what they do to... I don't know. Maybe it's like a generational thing, and I know that like Instagram is obviously a uh, a meeting place. But I think that I think that you presume more of a um, sexual attraction, right? Like off of Instagram. That's like that's I've fair. had I've had friends before who have been like, oh, like this chick just liked like five of my uh, pictures. She's into me, and I'm like, she could just be is a she also into liker. you, or did yeah. she like? Yeah, but I think that that kind of goes out the window when somebody likes every single one of your pictures. Yeah, but I mean, I've also, I've, I think that I've gotten that, um, like, I, I've gotten that from from guys before, you know? Yeah, I've, I mean, I've gotten a and lot. And, like, like yeah, people right. who are, like, clearly brunch fans or whatever, who, like, it's like a guy in a sweatshirt who's, like, he just followed me, went through some of my shit, and liked a bunch of it. Uh, I think they don't realize how that you get all that that like on your phone now you're seeing yeah. like hey someone just followed you and liked a bunch of your shit yeah um yeah i do I, think it's a, i do think it's a, a one of the weirdest things that you can do on social media yeah 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 for sure also deep liking I, so i'm more okay with deep liking because when you friend somebody on instagram like if somebody friends me or i friend somebody i'm going to go back in your pictures and if i see something that's super cool I don't think I should feel I don't think I should have to feel weird about liking that. I think it's it's presumed that somebody is going to go in your profile right after you add them. Yeah. So I don't think that should be like I don't think you should have to feel weird about that. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either, but there is also like one time not one time, a bunch of times, like my friends and I will if like we're drinking or whatever, we'll just like like swap phones and it's like all right you get to do any deep like you want it's a fun little wow that's yeah that's a that's a bold move but that also shows like how little i care about like that aspect of social media or whatever like if i fucking if i missed out on that person being my wife then jokes on me (laughs) but i don't think it'll fucking matter so that's where you kind of get a little uh that's where it can kind of get dicey because if you if you deep like on somebody that you've been friends with, then yeah. that's where it's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's yeah. That's weird. Um, if you, I don't know. It it also depends. Like, yeah. I I think that I think though that when someone I I certainly don't do the. If I start following somebody, then I run through all their shit or whatever. But I think that that's, I run through their shit. I don't. I don't like everything. But I think that's what people do with people they don't know. 
You know, you shouldn't do that. I know, but <laughs> it just is like, like, so I, I am, I get the fucking willies about the internet. You know, I yeah. think I, I get the willies about the grid and all that stuff. Willies about life. When I check my phone and I see that somebody just followed me and liked a bunch of shit, I seriously don't think twice about it. I would cap it at three to five if you don't want to be like immediately judged right off the bat. If you like anything more than five pictures right after adding somebody, fucking psycho move. 